0: You're listening to the Coach T Podcast,
1: hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Thomas. Today, I have one of the best officials in the state of Michigan, Mr. Joe Whitman. Joe, how are you doing today?
0: Doing great. Um, Just got home from cross-country practice. I I help coach our cross-country team in Davison, in addition to some of the wrestling stuff I do. And we had practice today, and we took a school bus out into the country went for a little run and uh team's looking good so had a good good. day so far
1: that's good i've actually been running myself i'm training for a half marathon so whenever i see your uh numbers on the strava i'm like man how am i gonna get as fast as joe whitman he's running six minute miles
0: Yeah, and then the height the high school kids run laps around me so that's (laughs)
1: I think we're just getting old. That's, that's where it comes down to. Um, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, me and Joe go way back, probably about 10, 12 years when I was an official uh, doing high school. I think some. it's kind of weird. A lot of people know me from the wrestling, from the coaching. But actually, I cut my teeth, in my opinion, as an official in freestyle and wrestling high school matches. And Joe is one of those guys that we, we kind of had some opportunities to interact with each other. But it wasn't until I started coaching at Western I started seeing Joe Moore. We actually got to talk, and, and I got to pick his brain about some things. So it's great to have Joe on here. He's a wealth of knowledge as a former athlete for Davidson and uh, Coach Hall there who just recently stepped down. One of, one of the legends, legendary coaches. Um, if you could please like touch about what was it was like being coached by a guy like that.
0: Uh,
1: it was great because
0: actually Coach Hall came in. And as some people know, he just moved on to Kersley. And I'll kind of end with that. Like Coach Hall hired in right when I was in middle school. So he came to Davison and came back after wrestling at Michigan State and Purdue. Uh, he was my middle school coach for two years. And then my freshman year, he took over the high school team. And actually, my dad was the coach before him. So he took over the team from my dad. And uh, him and Ken Elliott took us along. And I, I remember Roy's first year there, we, we weren't very good. Um, you know, had a couple state qualifiers and not much past that. And, uh, then our sophomore year, we got a little better and, um, junior year because our junior year, we finally broke through and that was when we won our first state title was back in 2000. I was a junior on that team. Um, we beat Bedford in the semifinals and back then Bedford was everything wrestling. Right. In the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. It, it was Bedford for a lot of years and then everybody else. Um, right. And so we knocked off Bedford in the semis and then um, we wrestled Nova in the finals and beat them. And then my senior year, Bedford turned around and returned the favor and they beat us in the finals. So um, it was, and then through college, that was when, when I was in college, that was when Brett Metcalf and all those guys came through. And my brother was on that team, so I'd come back a lot on weekends and uh, over Christmas break and things like that and still try to hang with the team, but they were on on a different level. I remember when Brent was in middle school, he would come up, and um, I think we're kind of skipping ahead here, but I was 56-1 and as a junior and lost in the finals. And I remember as a senior, Brent would come up as a middle schooler and could go with me, and he, he'd he would pre- he'd get the better part of me on some days, uh, just as an eighth grader, and uh, coming into the room here and there, and he was tough as nails then, and uh, it was always fun to watch those guys compete. Those were some some awesome years.
1: Uh, it's interesting you mentioned Brent. I actually wrestled on the cadet national team with his brother Chase, he yep. was a two-time state champion for Davidson, probably – you know, very similar styles. Although I think that uh, Brent was more—he was a takedown cut guy. Chase could could ride you really, really well. He was just yes, such a pretty, gritty wrestler. And I mean, I've always talked about doing a podcast on some of those teams, like a Davison, like a Grand Valley State University, when they had those those teams where it was just like they were a tough out for anybody. And Davidson at that time, or t- we're dating ourselves, obviously for twenty years has been kind of the the <laughs> kind of the gold standard for a long time they were one of the first teams in michigan that i can remember being ranked nationally you had a national hall uh national uh wrestling coach of the year in coach hall so um a lot of great things and 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 looking forward to uh coach hall ending his t- uh, soon to step down from teaching in probably three or four years but he's he's impacted so many people so i i thought i would just mention that and, and get that out there yeah uh, So tell me how you got into wrestling initially. You explained a little bit about um, Coach Hall being your coach in middle school and your dad being the coach at um, Davidson before him. So what actually pushed you into the sport? Well, if we go way back,
0: um, Coach Hall, wrestling coach growing up, well, and in high school, him and Coach Elliott both wrestled for my uncle. Uh, Don, Don was the coach in the 80s.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and they won titles in 1881 when Kent Elliott was on the team and Rick Burns, whose boy Zach was a, a runner-up for us right around my time, right. and, and uh, Hiddle, who is the coach. Uh, Brian Hittle's the coach over in Duran now yep. and a uh, few other guys, and so they won titles 8081. Roy came through, graduated in 88, and then I think my uncle coached for a few more years and stepped down Um, and then at that time, my dad had helped him here and there, but, um, my dad started to coach the youth program in Mm Davison, And so he was coaching the youth program. So I started, you know, I went up to practice with dad and right in first grade, I was in first grade. My brother, John was in kindergarten and we, we joined in and I remember that first year I won one match. Oh man. One match. Uh-huh. I, I caught a kid and pinned him in a cradle. And then the, the <laughs> next round, cause so I went one and one, it was back in the old, like, you know, the old, wasn't the elimination brackets, like oh, I'm doing the a standard pool play. pool play. Yeah. And, uh, proceeded to get head and armed and thrown right on my head. And I didn't think my mom always tells the story. She w- didn't want me to wrestle ever again, but, <laughs> uh, so came back the next year and, uh, we got a little better, and then in third grade, I won my first state title in the MMWA, back 67 pounds. Oh, man, you're a light uh, guy. i a little guy. Uh, my brother and I both won that year. John was champ at 49. I was champ at 67. And uh, I beat Jeremy Cochran from Montrose in the finals. Uh, Jeremy went on. He was He played football at Grand Valley State and was just a tear on defense when I was in college. And he was a three-sport athlete, was All-State wrestler at Montrose. And I believe he's still the principal over in Grand Blank and was just a great friend growing up. Right. Uh, and we had a huge rivalry. We would wrestle him and Ryan Tripp from Goodrich, who was a couple-time champ. We would just go weekend after weekend and always wrestling each other. Right. Um, and then I won a couple more titles in MMWA. Uh, and it was probably late elementary school my dad took over and became the head coach of the program the high school so he was kind of doing both and i'd live up in the wrestling room you know i'd ride the bus up there because dad was at practice and and hang out with the guys at practice and just right. kind of be beca- just became became a gym rat mm-hmm. and uh, i remember my uh, eighth grade we won both john and i won the Kind of like the Michigan Triple Crown, we won A.A.U., USA, and NMWA, and then um, did did some of those USA teams that just stayed like in the region. We like, went down and did the schoolboy duels down in Indiana, right. with, uh, And um, with the Simmons brothers and their dad helped run a lot of those teams, and um, and we had one that we would do down in Ann Arbor as well. And a lot of teams from the Midwest would come up and we do some schoolboy duels and. Those were some fun years.
1: Yeah, so. I think it, It's interesting. Um, I've talked a little bit about this on the podcast before, how 20 years ago, like, the way you got better, and it's still the same today, but I think it, it's, it's, it's more um, the proof is kind of the pudding. You're seeing it more now because you have social media. But back then, Simmons Brothers, yourselves, the Metcalfs, I mean, these kids were wrestling um, freestyle and Greco, in the off season making national teams or making dual teams um, back before really My Way was really a big thing. And that yep. was really how you got better. Like, you would, uh, it was nice having a Nick and Andy Simmons. Like, I'm from Lansing, so them being in Williamson. So we would work out once in a while. Like, that was nice to have that. Or, like, a Tony Greyhouse and Jesse Wuentes and Mason. Things yep. like that. That's what really. you did. You found your friends, you went and worked out. And if you made a national team, it made you that much better.
0: Yeah, that was really, and we didn't start for me personally. We talk about kids developing it. My dad never hammered home in elementary school about traveling all over and doing all these national tournaments. I remember we started to go like to the Orange and Black tournament down in Ohio <laughs> in like fifth grade, and we went because the trophies were like back then. The trophies were two foot tall, which was unheard of. Right. And of course, now you go to every tournament and these kids are coming home with these two foot trophies and, Mm -hmm. you know, big old six inch monster medals. (laughs) But uh, that was our, that was like our big trip. Uh, And, you know, uh, my parents worked really hard just to get those little opportunities for us. And then finally in seventh and eighth grade, we started to do the freestyle. And then after eighth grade, going into my freshman year, because my dad was the coach, I saw a flyer on the wall for. Uh, Jeff Jordan's state champ camp and you know of course all the other flyers my dad would post on the bulletin board and you know he had the U of M camp the MSU camp and for whatever reason that Jordan camp that flyer stood out to me Right. and I went uh, uh, every summer I went to Jordan's camp uh, both my brother and I would go and we'd end up going different weeks because we were different weights and back then to the Jordan's camp and I, I know it's bigger these days but there would be like 16 guys but all of them would weigh the same as you and they would all be hammers. Mm -hmm. And I remember that first year I went down and we actually, I had Jim Jordan uh, who's a Congressman now Mm -hmm. and Jim was my camp director and we would go over to the Southwest corner of Michigan, like way down in the border Oh and and went down there and went to some (coughs) uh, church campground and, it would just put the, the mats out in the barn, you know. I mean, middle of July, hundred degrees, and <laughs> they'd have a, they'd put a couple fans like in that entryway and think they're helping us out. And it didn't help. It didn't help. help. <laughs> it didn't help. Um, and then my last two years, we went down. I, I got to go down to Ohio, and but I had Jim every single year as mine, and actually, um, my brother John every time he went, he had Jeff. And so we love going to those Jordan camps. They still do them used to uh, St. Paris Graham would come up as I got into the officiating. They came up a few times. I believe uh, they came up once to the CC super duels and came up and wrestled. I feel like Mm -hmm. bumped into them.
1: Now remember Uh, the St. Paris Graham, that's the Slater brothers, right?
0: Yep. Slater's brothers. David Taylor went to St. Paris Graham. Yep.
1: And, very popular yeah. program in Ohio. And, and
0: what, that's why they were so good, because when you went down there, we would do a drill session at 9 or whatever, and then do another one in the afternoon. And then at 7 o'clock at night, you do a two-hour just live session, just two hours of live wrestling. And at night, all of the St. Paris Grandkids would show up. And so if the Jordans were running camps eight to ten weeks long during the summer, these kids uh, had 40 or 50 opportunities to show up and live wrestle with state champs or all staters from all over the country.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And that's really why St. Paris-Graham, I mean, obviously tremendous coaching, but those off-season opportunities, man, it was right there. You could just drive over to Coach Jordan's house and, and go, go crash his camp for the night and work out and get seven or eight live matches in and go home.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just so, so crazy just thinking about that and, and 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 the the level of talent within that room at that time in the oh. summer where kids don't you know the the best kids <laughs> want to get better they're going to do the summer stuff and some kids are like you know i'm good where i'm at they don't want to make that that transition so
0: yeah my uh
1: the last
0: has my last year made my junior year my drill partner was rocky palazzola who's now the coach <laughs> of Celine. Of Celine. Yeah. Rocky just took over at Celine and is he is a tremendous coach and I'm so excited to see what Celine does the next few years.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and then did you see the assistants that he picked up? Uh, yeah. I saw Chad Roush. Yep, uh, Chad. I've heard of him. I think he's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Chad's all right. You
1: know, Chad, <laughs>
0: Chad, Chad was my best friend growing up. He was a year younger than me and uh-huh. we ran cross country and track together and we were drill partners in wrestling because uh, we used to always be within five pounds of each other. Right. And then like the last year or two, I stayed at 135 and uh, Chad ballooned up. to He went 40, 50, 260 his last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were still drill partners. And, yeah, so Chad's there. And I believe Taylor Massa's going to be the other yep. one I think I saw announced. So that is just a, a tremendous staff. And uh, like I said, they, they got their little Dark Horse Wrestling Club going on and see uh, if you're down in that Celine area, you need to go check out uh, Coach Palazzola's uh, room on Sunday nights, is it? I think they have yeah. a different yeah. clinician coming in, and they've yeah. had some big names come in. And you can just drop in, and uh, they're going to do some great things down there in Celine. So I'm ex- I'm excited to see what happens for them.
1: Well, those two guys you mentioned, and uh, Chad Roush. So I've never met Chad before, but his claim to fame, outside of the fact he's a four-time All-Stater and one of the best Davidson wrestlers of all time, He denied uh, Joe of Holt from being a four-time All-Stater because he beat him as freshman. And Joe ended up being a three-time state champion. But um, I always – and he had the uh, spiral ride, if I remember correctly.
0: Yes, he did. He was – and he had long, long arms um, and was just a leech on top. He would run that spiral ride half series, and I would run it too. And um, I would roll around more, and I was very comfortable with my hips and Chad was just had those levers with his arms and yep. he could just run people around and it just, you know, caved. Uh, I remember, uh, he did it, uh, probably his best win in high school. He beat Jason Borelli, gave Jason Borelli his last high school loss, uh-huh. uh, up in Mount Pleasant's gym. Wow. And, uh, Chad was a freshman and I believe Jason was a senior or junior, junior. Mm, I think yep. Jason was. And, uh, same thing. Uh, and I think Jason was coming off a little bit of an injury, but I know he'd never make that excuse. And Chad got that spiral going and uh, he turned him once and scored some near fall points and rode him out, chose top in the third period and rode him out. And uh, that was a huge win. Uh, we wrestled them. We drove all the way up there. We wrestled Mount Pleasant and Temperance Bedford um, that night. And it was a try meet. So. Gosh, we drove all the way to Mount Pleasant. We didn't get back till after midnight. <laughs> and, then, and then the next year, we moved the tri-meet to your old place. We went to Bay City Western uh-huh. and, and did a tri-meet with Bedford. And that was the year we won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bedford beat us in the duel in the regular season. We did a tri-meet with Bay City Western, who was tough as nails back then, too.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then we turned around and wrestled them in the quarters that year. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Bay City Western in the quarters in 2000 and then turned around and Return the favor because Bedford beat us the first time, and we, of course, uh, beat him in the semis. Uh, thanks to a lot of people, but I remember Casey Streeter bumping up and beating one of the Bedford studs. You know, Casey was just Casey was a sophomore at the time and bumped up from I think it was seventy-one to eighty-nine, mm-hmm. and or did something like that and uh, took out one of their big studs, and that was kind of the one of the differences in the duel.
1: Yeah, Casey Streeter, another guy that was on my uh, cadet national team. Real nice guy too. Um, really in, enjoyed um, being around him. Funny, uh, very laid back. So yeah. pretty, K- pretty cool, cool guy.
0: K- K- Casey runs a uh, like a charter fishing company in and in a fish market down in uh, down by Miami. Oh, really? In the Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. So he spends his days on the water and. Good bringing it, bringing in the day's catch. I, I follow him <laughs> online and you know, see some occasional updates. But
1: so. oh man, that, that that's great. That's great. And then absolutely Taylor Mass, we could talk. About, I mean, four-time undefeated state champ for St. John's and wrestled oh. for Michigan and was uh, national qualifier before injuries kind of um, stopped his career. But probably one of the toughest wrestlers I ever got to. It was just fun to always watch him. It was always something a little bit different, and he could do yes. so many different things on the mat. But. Um, Need to say, all these people covered, and Rocky, he coached at Marysville before, we used to actually, we went to Marysville tournament, uh, uh, Luther Brown from Flint Kersley, yep. we talked about that in our podcast, about how we all ended up wrestling at that tournament, and I love the format of the 16 teams, and you do it like an individual tournament, everybody gets five matches, and they, they had it down to a pretty good science there. So, did you end up wrestling in college? So I didn't. So my senior year,
0: well, I guess I kind of did. My senior year, I lost in the state finals to a kid from Romeo that I had beat like five times throughout the year. And I not just beat, it was Dan C. of Romeo. Mm -hmm. It majored him twice, teched him twice and pinned him. And I remember I ran a head outside single at the beginning of the second period. And he hopped over the top and, I uh, hit a splatle and I rolled through and as I was rolling through the, the ref was in the wrong place for me and the right place for Dan and 12 seconds into the second period I was done. Um, and so I was kind of devastated, you know, and the next week, the cross country coach at grand Valley called him, offered me like a part, like a small partial scholarship, like to come and run at grand Valley. And I was like, yep, going to run at grand Valley. Perfect. <laughs> and so I went to Grand Valley to run and, it, um, didn't work out, you know, uh, and they got a tremendous program. They've won tons of national titles right. and Jerry's still there. Jerry Baltus, their coach. And anyway, the, some of the wrestlers caught wind that I was done running, looking at, uh, for something to do. And they're like, Hey, you should come join the club team at Grand Valley. Oh, you can do the MSU open and maybe you will get a rematch with Justin Sinclair,
1: who was wrestling, <laughs> at,
0: who was wrestling at central. Yeah. And I like, so I joined the team like the week of the MSU Open, five practices. <laughs> and, and, and I kid you not, drew Justin Sinclair. He went up and he was state champ at Forest Hill Central. And then yep. he went up and was wrestling at Central. And I drew him first round. First round, you know, four, <laughs> 40 guys on your chart or whatever it was. I drew Justin first round. You're right. Um, and uh, that was probably the only match I lost. In my life, because I was out of time to go to your next uh, hour
1: there, coach. Yeah, <laughs> this is a, yeah, this is the uh, this live taping at your at your job on a on a Friday <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> no, but that was the only match I ever lost in like high school, or in, and then you know that first tournament there in college, I lost because I was out of shape, you yeah. know, just not in wrestling shape, and right. I actually went into overtime and uh, got taken down in overtime, and then. Won a couple matches in the Wrestlebacks. And, um, you know, I was very happy with the rest of my college career. I ended up transferring to Alma College. They didn't have wrestling and ran there and had, a, you know, an okay, okay running career. Not great by any means, but uh, enjoyed it. But part of me wishes I would have stayed and wrestled with the club at Grand Valley there. Um, mm-hmm. They had some really good, that was back when they were winning club national yeah. titles pretty much every year. And they were Correct. definitely the dominant club team. Mm-hmm. had uh alan smith of granville was on the team yep.
1: and uh rick boy who yeah, i yeah, rick about.
0: yeah rick was just on the podcast wasn't he yeah
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. rick uh I, I i have nothing but good things to say about rick bull Heiss and uh he's a real real good guy they had a lot of good kids in, um on that team with like i said one of these days i'm going to go through and look through that that and see like and just highlight some of them i mean and some of them were my teammates at uh, MCC, like Billy Johnson and Michael Paul, Tony Ferguson, Ryan Lancaster, who all ended up being um, All Americans, and the three I mentioned before were national champs. So with Billy being a two-time national champ,
0: yeah. Um, if Rick, if Rick listens, he'll he'll punch me the next time he sees me. But uh, <laughs> he he lost he lost in the state finals
1: to John to, Phillips.
0: To John Phillips, and that was Roy's first state champion.
1: You yeah. know, in the year two thousand. Uh, i remember watching that match
0: seven seven five overtime Mm -hmm. Uh, ankle picked him off the whistle boom whistle blows little club ankle pick and took him right down to win the title um yeah rick rick's a great great guy um did some really nice things with that wrestling club at grand valley and i was really sad and you know he's got his kids and family and stuff and i know that was probably the main reason he stepped down which you know, we all do from time to time when we're in our thirties and forties and the family, you know, family's more important. And, uh, I hope the grand Valley program survives without him, but man, he did such great things there. Uh, it was always fun to, to referee. Cause I do, I do some, we'll get into the refereeing part here eventually, but <laughs> <I> <laughs> referee some college and used to go over and do his uh, club tournaments every year. And just a classic guy real down to earth. And,
1: uh, You know, so yeah, yeah. No, he's a real good guy, and and I'm, I'm hoping. I believe Grand Valley will still survive. I think it's one of those things, like we talked about with programs themselves, just really highlighting the legacy and the standards that were set, and then just trying to keep that standard. So, hopefully, the, the coach that's there now is is doing all those things. So, what made you go into officiating? I can tell you, my story was basically. I was a kid growing up in Lansing, and Sam Davis was, and still is, in my opinion, one of the greatest officials that I've ever watched officiate a match. And he was kind of like my idol. I wanted to be Sam Davis, and there's a couple others too, like a Robert Allen, a Bob Binge, the uh, the Glass Twins, you know, in the Lansing area there. Um, and the, and I actually started fishing freestyle and Greco before I got into high school officiating. But what was your kind of you know what? I want to be an official.
0: Uh, just by chance, actually. So I mentioned earlier, I got, had a lot, younger brother, uh, John, and he was a year younger than me. And then I have another younger brother, Jason, who's uh, four years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And they were still in the MMWA. And so I got to high school as a freshman, and we were still going to MMWA tournaments on Sundays. I would wrestle on Saturday and then turn around on Sunday and you know my parents said you're gonna go sit in the you're gonna go sit in the bleachers and watch your brother wrestle all day <laughs> so I don't know how it happened uh, whether I knew one of the referees from all those years of doing MMWA but right my uh, first year of high school I picked it up uh, at the MMWA which is a great spot for our high school kids to get their feet wet and earn some extra money on the weekends. Right. So I did MMWA all four years in high school and then got to college and, um, registered for the MHSA right my first year. Wow. I got it. Well, I remember I came home and, uh, Cal Terhar who was a great tons of state finals and did a lot of assigning and officiating out of the Flint area. I remember Cal called me over Christmas break and said, hey, I hear you're kind of moving back home or closer to Flint. And I said, well, yeah, I'm going to go to Elma next semester. He said, well, perfect. You're going to ref for me on the weekends. And uh, so Cal threw me some things my my first year.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, hit the ground running and just always enjoyed it. And then my sophomore year of college, I, I met uh, Clay McCrite. Uh, Clay is – uh, another great official that he retired a few years ago, but lived up in the Mount Pleasant area, mm-hmm. and just had some really good mentors that pushed me. Um, still, my mentor to this day is uh, Phil Westheimer down out of Jackson, okay, who, who's a high school and college official. And you know, my wife always jokes I spend more time with Phil in the winter than I do with her because. <laughs> We'll we'll get on these college weekends and, you know, we'd go hit Grand Valley on a Saturday and do Rick's tournament and then go drive down to Indianapolis and do a college open on Sunday down there at the University of Indianapolis and drive back and get back at 10, 11 o'clock on a Sunday and then do it again the following weekend. But I had those guys. Uh, and then also who had a huge impact on uh, the state of Michigan is Scott Strickler. Uh, and everything everything Scott's done for the state. Uh, Scott's helped me out a lot over the years and uh, I've been a good mentor and even a better friend and we still try to ref together a few times a year and um, so those are kind of the guys and I just kind of worked the ladder and I remember I used to go up actually to Pinconning back when I was in college and I would come up there and referee and um, that was back when you guys had uh, the state champ Lewis Socher. Who, yes, yes. Unfortunately, uh, Lewis was such a talented wrestler, and that was just devastating. You know, he ended up passing away, um, and they had that they had that memorial tournament for him the years after. And I used to go up, and I'd go to Penn County in like the first two weekends of the year because they do a team tournament one weekend, right? And then you turn around and do the individual tournament the next, and yeah that was kind of you know how i kind of got
1: into it so. as, as you mentioned uh and lewis solsha actually our principal here Kyle Woodruff was a yep. undefeated state champion for us and, yes, and he was he, uh was teammates with lewis and speaks very highly of him um one one of the toughest wrestlers i've i've watched wrestle i don't know that probably gets over said but i mean just a real grinder of a of an athlete there
0: that that but, was the it was after what he died after his freshman year of college, right? Yeah,
1: and I think he was like 25 and three or something like that. So he, he was, was a kid that potentially would have been in my paying multi time All American.
0: Well, not only that, he had just gotten back. He had been out of the training center. Mm-hmm. He, he was out there in Colorado and just had a great stint, you know, whether he was trying to make a junior team or whatever. Uh, had a great training out there and then came back. And unfortunately, you know, um, You know it happened, and it's just uh, it was sad to see
1: him go. Yeah, he would he would have been something special. He was oh, uh, (laughs) most definitely, most definitely. Uh, You mentioned Scott Strickler, my uh, my high school coach, Mark Jinxes. uh, That's like his best friend. So me and Scott go go way back. uh, Amazing official in himself, and and does a lot of great things. And I'm glad that he's one of your mentors. What yeah. would you say right now, because um, everybody, I've talked about a lot in the podcast, uh, everybody's story of getting into wrestling is different. I know for me, I did officiating. I enjoyed officiating, but I really had the itch to coach. And I feel like officiating made me a better coach because it helped me identify when were the times for me to discuss a call versus, okay, if you go by the rule book, th- that's called, right? I'm going to be wasting my time. I need to coach my kid. Yeah. That's... Um,
0: it's the biggest thing that I, I wish everybody would spend some time on the mat. And it, a lot of things in the rule book, it always comes back to everyone's favorite word and you'll hear referees say it. And sometimes too much uh, comes back to judgment uh, mm-hmm. and, and interpreting situations. And, you know, we get into a scramble and I see it one way and of course you know, coach is going to jump out of his chair and say, no, that wasn't too, or it was too. And, Sometimes it's uh, – that, that's what makes the sport tough. And having been on the other side, that that's definitely can help a coach maybe have a little better understanding because sometimes it's just – you know, those calls, those judgment calls aren't always going to go your way. And there's going to be days where it feels like none of them go your way. And that's just how the ball rolls sometimes. But, um, that's where – and also we, we talked about it last year with COVID – and I'm going to bring it up probably a few times in this podcast, sound like a broken record, but we are short officials. Um, And last year they were trying to make a push to get like some JV coaches. Mm -hmm. If you, if you got an assistant on your team, like we were telling these coaches that, Hey, if you want to have JV matches or a JV mat, you need to have maybe one of your assistants get certified. And um, unfortunately this year, normally I, For those people that don't know and are listening in uh, I'm the one of the primary assigners out of the Flint area for officiating and on a normal year I'd have over a hundred people in my assigning program and I'm sitting at about half of that right now Um, I didn't I, I thought I would get some people back this year and I've actually lost a few more and We've done some recruiting, and I always tell these schools. You know, like a, the school complains, like, "How could you send me such and such official? They are not any like. How would you send me Isaiah? He was a horrible <laughs> ref. Like,
1: sorry, uh, he's a horrible. I got like, that before, so it's okay.
0: No, like, why are you sending me so and so? You know, he's a horrible ref. I'm like, well, and I look at the coach. I'm like, how many official or how many wrestlers have you gotten into officiating in the last decade? And they'll look at me and be like, well, well, well. and I, I don't know what the disconnect is, but when we have these good wrestlers graduating and they're going to college, it's, first of all, it's a great way to make money. I mean, mm-hmm. you can make $200 on a Saturday and a hundred bucks on a weeknight. And if you got some confidence and you feel like, you know, the sport, we, we need officials and. You know, people can reach out to me. I mean, my email is really easy. It's Joe Whitman at gmail.com. Like, shoot me an email or get a hold of Isaiah. And we need officials. And I've already seen it happen this year. Uh, volleyball matches are getting canceled. Like, the, they're just, Oh, well, we can't do it today. It's canceled. We don't have officials. And if we have a normal winner, knock on wood, I hope we do. Yeah. I When I had 100 officials I would struggle to fill some weekends. And if I'm sitting at 50 or 60 refs, I can already tell you, there's just not going to be enough to go around. Right. And we're going to be either moving stuff to Friday nights, or we're going to continue to burn out some of these referees. Cause normally, you know, from your officiating days, normally you try to have an extra referee or two. Right. So people can get some breaks and mm-hmm. I can't continually in good faith and five referees out for five mats and they haven't worked for 12 hours straight. It's a lot of up and down. Some of those people that wear those step trackers, they'll get 10 (laughs) miles of walking and moving in a day. Oh Um,
1: yeah.
0: And so that's, that's definitely my plea. I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on some other subjects, but it's, it keeps getting worse. And I, it's just, I don't know. I've already started to do some assigning and, we're sitting here September 3rd where we're recording this and I'm already looking at some Wednesdays in January and I'm thinking, crap. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have enough guys in the state, Right. Because, you know, some of the guys, A, they maybe can't work on certain Wednesdays because of work or they've already taken contracts to you know, maybe go work by Lansing or Metro Detroit or wherever. Mm-hmm. And... I got a feeling I'm going to be moving stuff to Tuesdays and Thursdays and it just becomes a nightmare because you're you're sharing a gym with basketball teams and right. Hey, can we move to Thursday? Nope, got got JV basketball or hey, what about Tuesday? Now we're wrestling on Saturday, coming in making weight for a home weigh-in on Monday again because now you're going to wrestle on Tuesday. That's not good for the kids either. Um so you always hear people say, "Well, if you feel like you could do a better job, sign up." And this is definitely the year where uh, we're gonna we're gonna need people. Um, so, and the, the other thing is that the MHSa has a, a waiver program, like for new officials, where if you talk and work through an assigner, they can get you a voucher for that first year, and get you get you signed up, and then as long as you haven't registered before, and it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty easy. You got to take a little rules book test uh, and answer some questions about MHSA policies and things like that. But then you're out 25 bucks for a pair of golf pants or reffing pants and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, a, a reffing Jersey. Now that you can, you can get a pair of stripes for 20 25 bucks too. And a wristband and a whistle and a flip disc, and you're good to go. Um, <laughs> I, um,
1: I would say all, all in all, it's probably about a hundred and a hundred dollars really. To yes get started at but least you're gonna make mm. that money back and then some with all the assignments that you're going to do and and you're giving back to the sport in a different way i know for me personally it was it was fun officiating now granted some coaches are difficult to work with i think that's just kind of an all life but for the most part it's nice officiating and, and i think what what ends up happening is you have a better appreciation for what officials do, and you have a better understanding of wrestling or any sport that you officiate in general.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's in that. Um, for me, it's no longer the coaches, and maybe that's just because I'm well enough known. It's the parents,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, a lot of times when I lose an official, it's not because it's not because of the coaches that drive them out of it. It's the parents that all right, I'll just say it. the parents that are assholes from the stands. And they, you can only take so much of that. Right. And then come home at night and look at your kids and be like, wow, I just spent four hours away from my family on a weeknight to get yelled at and berated by parents. Um, who just, some people don't understand the scope of the shortage and, the amount of time and effort that people put into this. Mm-hmm. Um, we sit there, we do our, our rules meetings and things like that, and we review videos and rules. And I talk to guys, especially during the season, just about every day I'm talking to someone uh, about technicalities of rules and situational officiating, um, just like a good team does. Right. Talk about what to do in this situation. And I think sometimes a lot of people don't understand how much uh, time and effort that people put into this. And, yeah, are some officials better than others? Yep, absolutely. But, um, you know, maybe having a little more grace for some of these people, um, maybe we could keep them a little longer Mm because really people don't hit their stride and we struggle. We get people that first year get them to come back that second year. Usually it's getting them back for years, three, four, and five, where they really make their improvements. Right. If I would have listened to some of the negative people, my first few years in college, I I would be done Up And as it was, by the time I was, I was like 25, I was already doing uh, state finals. Right. And at 26, I did my first team final. And if people, if we don't realize that, hey, it takes a good official four or five years to master their craft, and then continue to improve upon it. Yeah, if we're, if we're driving them away before that, then well, I don't, I don't know. Like, we can't expect you know, you can't complain about the result then.
1: Because, I I agree. So.
0: And it's just awesome like to have a front row seat, first of all. I was going through trying to figure out the year. Uh, my, my favorite team finals is back. We went up to Mount Pleasant for a few years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jeez, what years were we in Mount Pleasant? Uh, uh,
1: 2016
0: 2017. Yep, so one of those years, and actually Phil Westheimer and I had it. Oh, that's why. Yeah, here it is. 2017. Uh, Dundee and Richmond tied 28, 28. Oh, and Phil Westheimer and I had it. First of all, I could say a million good things about both of those programs. Um, and from uh, treating officials with the respect, I, Phil and I did that 28, 28 duel and, uh, coach Roberts and coach day, those guys didn't get out of their chair and say boo to us once. I, I mean, they didn't say a single word. We just did this knockdown, just dry, drag out back and forth duel. Both teams had two pins. Both teams had a major, and Richmond ended up winning on criteria, uh, most first points scored. Mm-hmm. And those guys, like, I mean, they do so much for the sport, and I don't think they realize like how much the officials appreciate those guys. And there's plenty of other examples too of just class act coaches. And I would ref, I'd ref for those guys any day. Um, And the way they treat their kids too. If I had kids and we're wrestling, those are, you know, amongst many others, but those are two programs I would love my kids to wrestle for.
1: Um, Uh, Since you mentioned uh, Coach Day, I actually have a podcast with with Coach Day. um, And and we just talk about kind of the Richmond values and what they – you know, what they preach to their athletes and, and being great community members, being great people in general, and spoke very highly of Coach Roberts also of Dundee. And, and both those guys, um, like I've said before in the past with these coaches I've been able to interview or any of these great wrestling minds, is that if you ask them, they will answer your questions. They are available to you. You just have to reach out to them.
0: And actually, with, uh, my son's been, you know, spent 110 days down in Ann Arbor here in the last year uh, Garrett Stevens, who's the assistant coach at Dundee mm-hmm. w- works, uh, as works down there with the hospital group. And so <laughs> we were down there like that first week and my son had just had open heart surgery and i you know, I had posted online about it and I'm walking through the lobby one day and i a sudden, Hey Whitman, turn around. There's, there's Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> so I bump into him of, just about every time we go down there, I know, I know where to look for him now and where he mm-hmm. hides and find him. And, uh, you know, he does a great job too. Uh, what they do with their youth programs and things like that. Uh, you can see why programs like that are so successful.
1: Right. They do all the right things. So they, all the right things. Well, Joe, uh, any advice to those uh, rest, those wrestling minds or wrestling people that want to get into officiating, kind of like some advice for them to moving forward, what they can do to become a good official.
0: Uh, it, it's commitment. It's, you can't just show up on a Wednesday and Saturday and think you're going to be good. And it's reading the rule book. It doesn't matter that this is my 21st year of officiating. Cause I just got my 20 year plaque this summer.
1: Congratulations. So this,
0: this is year 21. It doesn't matter. It's I'll read the rule book 21 times this year and then some. Good, good bathroom material for you. Some of you new people, you know, take, throw the especially before the season, throw the rule book in there. Instead of playing on your phone, yep. dive into the rule book and know it inside and out. And also, we have such great resources with something like Flow Wrestling. Um, you can always find clips and we can always argue takedown calls and things like that. But
1: right. learning,
0: uh, watching good officials, how they move on a mat, Watching some of those, especially college. You go to a college match and watch how a referee moves and how they can stay so far away from the action and then move in when they have to. Right. It's uh, you know you hardly even notice they're there if if it's a good official and um, it's just you got you got to believe that if you want to be good at it, it's gonna take some time. You got to be able to maybe get some video of yourself. To, and have, uh, have some mentors that will critique it and watch it and tell you to it would do better and you, you got to find that person to take you under their wing right. um, and you're not going to make top dollar that first year necessarily because there's going to be some days where maybe you just go I, I remember doing it, I, I would follow Clay around and be the third referee on the mat in a, in a quad on a weeknight well, normally you only have two referees.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I'd go that first oh. year. I'd go with Clay. And he might give me 20 bucks in gas. But the school wasn't paying three officials that night. They're only paying two. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Clay would split his check or whatever. And I'd do the JV matches. And all the extras. And he'd watch me. And I'd be his assistant and watch him. And then we'd have a drive back home or whatever. To wherever we met and carpooled. And... It'll, you know, get better that way. Um, but the other thing is, we're lucky in the Flint area, and it's not true everywhere. Our middle school season is in November and December. And actually, I think, Pink, when's your middle school season since you're coaching? Uh,
1: I want to say, I, I say middle of November. I know I, start, yep. I know I start practice in about four or five weeks from now.
0: So that's a huge, and I don't care where people are from, because um, I know down in Detroit, all those guys, Ron Nagy's group and Strickler's group, their middle school season's in March and April. Um, and it makes it pretty hard to, for new guys to just start right off with high school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there's JV tournaments available. And other than that, like I said, you tag along with someone and do the, do the exhibition matches. Or sometimes, unfortunately, we're in such a shortage, we th- we're throwing people to the wolves. Um, right. I, I don't know what else we can do. I, I tell these schools like, Hey, I got some new officials available. Um, and that's kind of part of the officiating crisis. We're in, um, we're sending people to places where they're not qualified to go, but it, it's that or cancel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If the school can't move it, uh, well, we can't move to Friday night or we can't have the match. We can't have the quad on Thursday. We got to do Wednesday. Okay. Well, here's the officials you're getting. Um, but then of course, if these people are getting in and doing matches that are over their head. That's not good for their confidence either. No. So um, we just got to kind of break that cycle. Um, and I know um, Matt Stabley, who's working with the All American Group. I want to say he's got like a dozen guys he's recruited this year and Perfect. signed up. And uh, we need, we need more guys like that that are really out there busting their butt, talking to the high school kids finding out where they're going to go to college. Hey, if you're going to go to Saginaw Valley state, that's great. Okay. What assigner, what association can you work with? Oh, you're going to go to MSU. Okay. We got to get you hooked up with Sam Davis and
1: some Mm -hmm. of the guys
0: in Lansing. Right. Um, And each region of the state has some different assigners and mentors. Um, And we sent some of our officials uh, over to the West side and they go to, you know, go to Grand Valley and then they meet up with Ed Hedgecock and, some of those other good officials on the west side. And, right. Um, my buddy Tyler Dotson's kind of over. He's more in the southwest <laughs> corner. So,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, Tyler. <laughs> so, um, but you got to find someone that's going to take take you along and help you out.
1: Um, right.
0: And also, as I mentioned, that some of that My Way and MWA stuff. It, even, even though I was a high school kid, um, it's a good way to make some money in high school on a Sunday. You drive to a local little kids meet and, You know, I think people usually are a little more supportive there because they know if it's just a regular season tournament that we're going to have some people learning it, and you you got to stick it out. It can't be a one year thing. Okay, I tried it. I hate this, and I'm done. If uh, you're really interested in giving back to the sport, you know it's it's a pretty big commitment, and but it's really rewarding too. You know, nothing better than knowing. Like when I step on the mat at the state finals or whatever, knowing that, hey, these kids are going to get a a fair match and get to raise somebody's hand to win a state title. That's that's a really cool feeling.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree. Well, Joe, thank you so much for sharing. It's really nice to get the official uh, side of things. I know I've interviewed some coaches and some high level athletes, and it's good to get like the whole triangle of wrestling from the competitor to the coach, to the coach, the official. And I appreciate your time. Wow. Thanks man. Once, once again, we need more officials. So if you guys are interested, you're not just helping out the sport, but you're helping those young athletes get an opportunity to compete and get better. Yep. Definitely. We need them. So re- reach out to someone you know,
0: or, or like I said, you're going to post this podcast, comment on it, you know coaches please help us out you got to know some kids that are graduating every year that's stuck in the area that would be good for the sport um so yeah so thanks for having me on man It was a lot of fun
1: anytime joe you take care
0: all right we'll see you thank you for listening to the coach t podcast by my
1: dad